the only part of our bodies that God says may possibly be beautiful. Their eyes? No. <laughs> and the truth is, we know that uh, there definitely is beauty in the human body, and we are attracted to features in, um, in, in each other, and that's a good thing. But there's only one thing that the Scriptures clearly says may be beautiful no matter what it actually looks like. Yes. And as we'll see, it's our elbows in Romans <laughs> chapter 10. <laughs> no, it's something else. Hey, Ziegler, what an elbow. I've heard that many times. <laughs> Romans chapter 10. Verse 1, you want to pick up? You want to start? Sure. It says, uh, by the way, you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. I'm Scott. And here we are. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for people of Israel to be saved. How did that for a longing? Mm -hmm. So many times, what are you longing for this week? Because this morning you woke up longing for something. Are you Mm -hmm. longing for the salvation of those around you? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, that's that's a problem. Because I know that what enthusiasm they have for God... It's misdirected zeal, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. We have so many people around us doing the same thing. It's Mm -hmm. very, very religious, almost scared of God. Verse 4, it says, For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Yeah, and the purpose, of course, is that, for one, it shows us that we can't do this on our own. It's And as Paul called it, like a schoolmaster that drives us towards Christ. But then Jesus is the one who fulfilled it by actually practicing it perfectly. Yeah. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul really puts a lot of emphasis on verbalizing what's going on in the heart. And I know that there are some professing Christians, and typically more guys than women, I think, in this area, but that uh, they, they will almost say, well, it's a private thing. It's my religion is something I don't want to talk about. And you think about that. I mean, is that... Where does that come from? The idea that religion is a private thing. I don't want to talk about it. I don't think God has ever said that. (laughs) You know, if we're feeling that, it's not coming from God. It's coming from another source. Could you imagine your wife saying something like that? Well, you know, I I don't want you talking about the fact that we're married. I don't want you telling people about it. Well, that's nuts. Red flag there. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, if a person belongs to Jesus, they will openly declare it. That's Paul's point here. And if you're unwilling to openly declare him as your Savior, if you're trying to hide that from your coworkers or some of your friends, and you're a different person around them than you are around your church friends, well, Paul's simply being just very clear here. You're not a believer. You're, You're not connected to him. Because if you are, if you're committed to him, then you're going to be open about it. What is in our heart will come out of our mouths. Jesus spoke about that as well, that what is in the heart is going to come out. So based on what comes out of your mouth, 
what is in your heart. Well, Jesus also said, deny me before men and I'll deny you before mm-hmm. the Father. It's like salvation is so public. That's really the point is, is it, it is it affects every part of us. There is no way of keeping it private. It's it, impossible. It is not a private thing. It is an open and public relationship for those who are genuine. And that's what baptism is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Is this public declaration. Yep. It, yeah, they, the early Christians did not believe a person could be genuinely saved if they wouldn't get baptized, not because the act of baptism is what saves, but the unwillingness to get baptized to get baptized means an unwillingness to publicly identify with Jesus, meaning it wasn't genuine. Yeah. And so this open declaration is a big deal. It reveals the heart and it shows whether or not repentance has taken place and if Jesus really is in charge of their life. You want to take it to verse 14? Yeah. So verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him? That word is the word for faith. And him whom they have never heard about. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And the word there tells them is proclaim, a keruk, a word for preaching and proclaiming. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And that is why the scriptures say, here we have it, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So you mm-hmm. can know that you've got at least one beautiful body part. Everything in you might be ugly, but you've got beautiful feet. Feet. If you're willing to share what Jesus Maybe has done. Maybe not physically. I've seen some pretty nasty feet out there. Yeah, especially preacher <laughs> feet. Yep. But he's not um, talking physically, of course. No. He's but, being metaphor. You yep. know, he's speaking in metaphors. And it is a beautiful metaphor because yeah. we're willing to use our feet to take us to people who need Jesus. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, O Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes by hearing. That is, hearing the good news or the gospel about Christ. That's his death, burial, and resurrection. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth. And the words to the world, quoting from the prophets in verse 19. But I, but I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, again, a quote from the prophets, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I'll provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I quote, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. And verse 21, but regarding Israel, God said, again from the prophets, all day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. This beautiful picture of God saying, I'm welcoming, I'm opening, I want you, but we still continue to turn away. Yeah, and I think that's just a great time to just kind of pause there and just say, is that, you're talking about you there. Hmm. You know, in context right here, he's talking about Israel, but also he can, he's maybe speaking of you. Hmm. Have you been doing this, you know, quote unquote, dating God and coming to church? serving or maybe even you know reading the bible but you haven't really yet fully embraced god and god has his arms open to you are you being disobedient rebellion or maybe, are you are you taking that embrace and maybe wherever you're at right now even if you're driving and whatever you're doing right now now is the time to simply say okay god i'm i'm receiving you i'm embracing you i'm taking you into my life i trust that jesus did this for me and from here on out i belong to you yeah why not do that right now and really what connects with with this is the verse that we have in Psalm 39, which is the mm. chapter 4 today. But we just want to look at verse 4. This is why you need to pray that prayer. Is verse 4, it says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. 
And we were just at a funeral yesterday, mm-hmm. and there's nothing like a funeral that really reminds you of the brevity of life. Even yeah. when you go to a funeral of somebody who is, you know, elderly, and yeah. it's almost like, oh, to be expected. And even older, in Mike's you know. case, we saw pictures of when he was very young. Right. Yeah. But that wasn't that long ago. No. At all. And that is the best case scenario mm-hmm. of dying in the old age. Uh, you don't know if today might be your last day. And I, I, I certainly hope that's not prophetic. But the reality is, is like, is, is David is saying here, God, can you just remind me that any moment I can go, mm-hmm. any moment, and this is how believers should live, is any moment, every relationship, is that is that going well? Are you leaving every relationship, you know, saying goodbye to people as you leave the work, as you leave your family? Are you doing so in such a way where, you, where you're okay? Not okay with that being your last, you know, goodbye, but are you leaving things well? Because this is the only chance we have to prepare for eternity, but eternity lasts forever. So the most important thing you've got to do right now is to prepare for what lasts forever. That's right. And if you haven't done that, do that right now. Anyway, it was good to be with you once again, and we look forward to continue on in both Romans and Psalms tomorrow. See you tomorrow.